There are ten parts of speech, and they are all troublesome. Mark Twain. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Leah Hull. And I'm Leah Sis. Continuing our English 101 series where we're really getting into how to write the basics of writing. We are getting into the actual grammar, syntax, all of those wonderful things that you learned in the second grade and then promptly forgot. The parts of speech is one of those ways that people who study language use these words that we're going to talk about this episode and next in order to communicate about language. So if you're communicating with other people who study the craft, these are going to be words you need to know. One fun way to help you learn some of the different parts of speech is actually Mad Libs. We used to do these a lot growing up. It was a lot of fun. I just attended the pre-nano meeting with all the nano people in our area. It was online, and one of the things we did at the very end was fill out a Mad Lib about NaNoWriMo. Basically, what a Mad Lib is, is you ask the people with you for different parts of speech, a noun, an ing verb, a celebrity's name, and then you secretly fill them out in this paragraph or couple of paragraphs that are missing these types of words. So when you read it back, it can be quite hilarious. If you don't know what these are, just Google them. There are a whole bunch online. It's fantastic. So we are going to take a trip back to your elementary and middle school days and dig into the basics, the functions of the English language. Now, other languages do have parts of speech, so understanding this will help you understand your own language because most languages have nouns and pronouns and verbs. It's how they use them, how they structure them, that's usually different. The Japanese language has three different classes for adjectives, whereas English only has one. Many languages actually blend adjectives and adverbs, which are words to describe verbs, as well as words to describe nouns. They're blended in a lot of different languages as just describer words. Because language is so complex, we actually split this into two episodes. Today we're going to be talking about the more basic ones you're going to find out there, and then next episode we're going to dive a little deeper into the more complex variations of these words. And what you'll probably find is that you are familiar with these, even if you don't know their names. The first one a lot of people learn, myself included, are the nouns. That's going to be your persons, places, and things. That's going to be Lee Hole. That's going to be my book. That's going to be the coffee shop I wrote at this morning. If you are familiar with the game 20 Questions, one player thinks of a noun, a person, place, or thing, and then the other gets to ask 20 questions in order to figure out the object the other person is thinking of. In conjunction with nouns, so nouns are the person, place, or thing, you have pronouns. These are the words that we use in place of nouns. 
He, she, her, him. It, they. These are the substitutes. In sign language, nouns and pronouns are pretty much the same thing. Nouns and pronouns are going to be some of the most common words you use in your writing. You will have a noun or a pronoun in nearly every sentence, and especially every complete sentence. The next part of speech includes your adjectives. These are descriptive words. The colors, the textures. Think of the five senses. Anything that you describe with sense is an adjective. In English, these words come before the noun. It is a green car. In basically every other language, they come after the noun because the noun is more important to get stated first. So in Spanish, it would be car green instead of green car. In my opinion, these should be in the same category as adverbs, which we'll talk about in a moment, because they often get abused with redundancy. And a lot of the editing I do is taking out adjectives because it was a cool soda. It doesn't matter that it's cool. It's a soda. It's assumed it's cool. But if it's a warm soda, then it does matter because then it's gross. But then it's not redundant. And I am all for that adjective. Adjectives are actually one of my favorites because I do like the descriptives. It helps set the scene The adjectives are what gives you the visual representation of what's happening around, or the smells and sounds. But you also need verbs, action. Without action, writing is boring. There are a lot of subcategories of verbs. We'll talk about those next episode. But even words like is or was are verbs. These states of being are what are happening to the subject and object in the sentence, are happening to the nouns in the sentence. So he ran. Anything that denotes movement will fall into the verb category. I will say beware of gerunds. Those are verbs ending in ing, but they're used in the sentence like a noun. So I like writing. Writing is a verb, but in this case, it's used as a noun. You like the act of writing. Like is going to be your verb in that sentence. I am writing a book. Writing is a verb. Now for the controversial part of speech, the adverbs. These, like adjectives, are words that describe verbs. Adjectives describe nouns, adverbs describe verbs. We have a whole bonus episode on this where we hash it out, and I think I won that episode of yay, adverbs win, but redundancy loses. Yes. (laughs) Adverbs have a place. They modify the verbs. So saying she whispered quietly is redundant and useless. She spoke quietly. Little better, but you can replace the adverb-verb combination with a single better verb. If you want to know a little bit more about our debate specifically with adverbs, head to that other versus episode where we really dig into it. We're not going to dig into that debate again today. Because I'm right. 
Mm. <laughs> I say we're both right. Because even you admit there are places and times where adverbs just don't work. Yep. But it's not the adverb's fault. It's redundancy. The last part of speech we're going to discuss today is called an interjection, or sometimes in the Mad Libs world, an exclamation. And that gives you an idea of exactly what type of part of speech it is. Something that is a single word that ends in an exclamation point. A lot of the times these are going to be swear words or some form of onomatopoeia. These are going to be some of your most versatile words. They are not always verbs or nouns, but something else that is an expression of emotion outside of sentences. And keep in mind, they're not always paired with an exclamation point. Just like you might swear in not loud exclamatory ways, you would use interjection differently. So I'm going to use some examples from the Stormlight Archive. Again, not apologizing. (laughs) (laughs) The most common swear word in that world is storms. So sometimes they'll be like, storms! And that's going to be your exclamation. Other times it's more a dread and there are storms. It drags out. There's no exclamation there. It's more like you're going to end it with an ellipses. There are two major categories that we can sort all words into. These are often called the open and closed categories. Open words that we are open to having new words introduced in the language. We're talking mostly nouns, verbs, adjectives. So Google being used as a verb is something that was recently introduced to the English lexicon. So Google itself was created 23 years ago. And so it's only been in the last 23 years that we've been able to say, go Google it as a verb. The other type of word are closed words. And that's mostly pronouns, conjunctions. We're not going to create a new conjunction for the English language because we have these already. We will be back next episode with more parts of speech. We're going to dig into some of the more complex things like prepositions and contractions, phrases. But until then, we have a little bit of homework for you because this is English 101. We want you to fill out a Mad Lib with your writing group. If you don't want to create one, go online, Google Mad Lib. See? New verb. Google Mad Libs. <laughs> <laughs> and find one that you can fill out together. If you don't have a writing group, fill one out on your own. Do it with your family. Do it with your friends. And start learning those different parts of speech. Because understanding the parts of speech will help you pull out the right word at the right time when you're writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 